Welcome to Living Martial Arts with Master Ray Gale, aka The Dark Master. Living Martial Arts discuss and examines the everyday exercise, philosophy, and lifestyle of the martial arts enthusiast. The host talks about his own training, past and present, and he also interviews many martial artists to discover how they continue to live their own martial arts journey. Tune in for top tips on how to get the best out of your martial art. Or perhaps you're thinking of starting a martial art. This podcast offers you an easy way to dip your toe in. Sign up for the newsletter at livingmartialarts.com and get regular updates and training tips direct to your inbox. Follow the Dark Master on Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram at Living Martial Arts. Hi, and hello to all the uh, Living Martial Arts podcast fans. It's me, the Dark Master, once again, uh, coming back to you with another podcast. I've got a, a fantastic guest for you today, a gentleman called Mr. Harry Flexman. And um, we haven't had this so far. I've done a few interviews with different people from different arts, but we haven't had anyone doing um, who has studied Filipino martial arts and um, things like that. So it's really great to have you on. How are you? How are you, Harry? Well, uh, I'm really, really well today. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Ray. Thank you very much for having me on. It's um, always wonderful to appear as a guest. And uh, yeah, I think we're going to really enjoy this chat. So uh, yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> no worries. Well, I'm, I'm super excited. I have um, dipped my toe in. It's only been one toe uh, into Filipino martial arts in the past. I had a, um, a little, little bit of a, an insight, but just a tiny bit. So this is going to be great for me as well, actually, uh, to um, find out a little bit more. Uh, about you and what you do and so on and uh, your background so <clears throat> without any further ado uh, as I ask all my guests and I know this can take probably six months for a lot of people <laughs> telling me about their martial arts journey because uh, uh, as I said as, as martial artists we like to we like to tell, tell people where we've come from and where we're going but um, just telling you telling us a little bit about your martial arts journey really how it started and um, you know perhaps uh, what what, what the places you've been on the, in the, throughout that journey yeah of course um it, i try and make it succinct and uh, you know buck the <laughs> well, trend okay. a little bit here uh, I, I i started i was a bit of a late starter i was like my early 20s so okay. it was uh, it was while i was at university and uh the first art that i ever tried was capoeira so the brazilian oh, okay. yeah, dancing yeah. partly musical partly kind of dancing partly fighting and that really it really fascinated me. It was when I went to the first class, it was like the first exercise I've done in a very long time. So I was completely out of shape, massively deconditioned. Uh, it couldn't really hold my own body weight in the way that you need to for the particular style of capoeira. And the, the start, I don't know if you've seen capoeira. Sometimes it looks like, yeah. you know, backflips and, and really yeah. high spinning kicks and everything. But the style I did was quite low to the ground and quite close with your partner. So you okay. need to you need to actually react to what they were doing. It, it wasn't like a display in front of each other. It was actually, you know, they would they would do a crescent kick and you'd have to duck underneath or you'd have to uh, kind okay. of get down on your hands and try and sweep their leg at the same time. So it's quite reactive in that way, but it was very sure. low to the ground and these like what felt at the time like contorted, almost uh, calisthenic positions yes. where I, I really enjoyed the class. It, it was truly amazing. And then, you know, for like two weeks afterwards, all of my muscles were sore. 
And my brain was going, never go back, never go back. But then the other part of my brain was going, go back tomorrow, go back tomorrow. <laughs> and yeah. that yeah. was that was the start of the this hook of combining brain and body in a, a slightly interactive way. Um, sure. Like Capoeira, because of its history, it doesn't look as combative as uh, the the intention that goes into it. Because yeah. uh, you know, if you know the origin, it's from like uh, Brazil when Brazil, there's the, yeah. the yeah. kind of black slaves who are hiding right. their practice. They're hiding their fight practice. That's why sure. there's a circle of people around the outside, all singing and clapping together, and yeah, the two yeah. people in the middle, they're they're practicing fighting so that the uh, uh, the officials didn't see what was happening. So that was yeah. that was the I've first. Done, thing I've done. It, I must say, I've, I've done. A, I've I've done a tiny little bit in the past. I did do a little bit because I just wanted to experience what it was like because. Um, I, I I really like the look of it, and I, I used to be a bit of a, a break dancer in my past. Oh, nice, and uh, it it, um, it actually really appealed to me when I saw. It. I thought, wow, that's like break dancing but fighting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it, it was that that hook and idea that drew me in. But then the thing that kept me was the the interaction between the two people and how I'd actually have to react to what the other person was doing because you'd actually get like kicked if you didn't it was it was slow and gentle because they were a very nice group and mm. knew that i was a complete newbie um but you know there was some some consequence to not quite doing it right uh that was that was pretty cool then um i was at a uh heavy metal festival in germany and i broke my my wrist uh, and it was on my dominant hand and because i broke it by um i don't know if that's flexion or extension that's extension that way extension, i broke it by yeah. by extension yeah. Uh, it was in a cast and after it came out of the cast I couldn't put my hands flat on the floor for doing like a normal push-up position so I couldn't really practice capoeira right. but I could do knuckle push-ups where yes. my uh, my metacarpals were aligned with my uh, mm. radius and ulna in my in my forearm and I was like oh I could do knuckle push-ups I wonder if I can punch things and then I was like maybe I can punch things I could probably do some like boxing class or something so I, I was uh, searching for a boxing class near me, sure. and I found something called Thai boxing. And I was like, Thai boxing, boxing, basically the same, isn't it? That's uh, <laughs> obviously just insulted pretty much all of the martial arts community there by equating those two to being exactly the same. But I went on to Thai boxing and found that it was it was way more than uh, what I was expecting. And again, it hooked me in because there was this this interaction. But this time, I got to hit things really hard. And it, mm. pa pads to start with, and the sparring was friendly, but because I was new, you know, there was no, there was no, no success in sparring. Success was like surviving and feeling like I wasn't flinching quite so frequently. Sure. Um, that got me into into Muay Thai, and I've trained Muay Thai pretty much since then. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, like there was a couple of moving of locations in between here. When I moved to a new location in uh, Newcastle in the northeast. I was looking for a new Muay Thai gym to go and join and kind of carry on my training because I really, sure. really enjoyed it. And all the ones I found, I probably went around three or four different different gyms to see what the atmosphere was like and whether the students were friendly and what the coaches were like and all that kind of thing. And the one I found was a combination of the most friendly and the coach who explained things in the way that resonated with me. Uh, and also the students were kind and like looked after new people you know, there yes. wasn't this weird, like, clique. Yeah. You know, sometimes if you show up at a gym, they're like, oh, newbie, well, you need yeah. to earn your way into our friendship group. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There was none of that. So I was like, this is definitely the the right vibe for me. So I, I stayed there. And at that gym, 
the coach offered uh, multiple martial arts, including uh, shoot wrestling, so it's like an MMA style wrestling, grappling, Uh, kickboxing, and Muay Thai as separate arts and uh, you know separate arts because they are different styles of them, as well as different rule set. Sure, and um, Jeet Kune Do. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. From the uh, Jun Fan Jeet Kune Do, so it's the kind of the cur- the Inner Santo curriculum style. Yes, I know. Yeah, yeah. And also Filipino Kali. I was like, well, those look okay, but they're not Muay Thai, so whatever. And then gradually, as I was kind of coming in at that Muay Thai classes and watching some of the others, you know, before before Muay Thai or after Muay Thai, I was like, what's well, that stick twirly one? Yeah, it just looks like Morris dancing to me. They're just like, you know, <laughs> twirling these batons around and <laughs> yeah. clicking sticks together. What's that all about? And then the one of the days the coach said to me, Oh mate, you gotta try out, gotta try out Carly. You're gonna love it. I was like, Really? Are you sure? And you know, we built a bit of a friendship by then because I've been training you a year or so. And I trusted him enough to go along to one class, really skeptical. I was like, I'm not gonna enjoy this. This is just gonna be rubbish. And it blew my mind because it was the combination of the the brain body puzzle that capoeira is sure. and then the brutality that muay thai is yes. kind of all all put together and then yeah. with the added the added dimensions of uh, as well as different ranges of unarmed combat there was the weapon element thrown in and sure. the we- weapons could be uh, like equal sided, so you both got one stick, you both got two sticks, you both got one knife, you both got a stick and a knife. Yeah, it could yeah. be unequal sided, so someone's got two sticks and someone else has got one knife. You know, like oh, who's going to win out of that? Someone has has range and impact, and the other one has quickness, and you don't sure. need to generate that much force to be effective with the with the knife. Yeah, yeah. Then there was the other dimension of um, I have I have nothing in my hands. I'm empty handed. And someone else has some kind of weapon, right? And all of these things together, it kind of it, it made made my brain fizzle. And I was like, "Yes, okay, yes, this is the one. This is the one." And that was, uh, I want to say, sixteen or seventeen years ago, right? And yeah, it's, yeah. It's just hooked me in ever since. So I've trained wow. a bu- like a bunch of other arts as I've gone along, but in my head, all of them have fed into my own kind of Filipino martial arts. Yeah, framework yeah. here yeah yeah and i i think the way the way that we got connected was through uh through adam adam woodhouse yes yes that's right and the way i w- i connected to adam is that when i moved to bath which is where i live now when i moved to bath i was looking for different clubs to train at as you do when sure. you move to a new city and i found this one called uh, team nemesis which was being run by uh dima Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. D- don't know if you know Dima. I do, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dimitro Konstantinov. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. And uh, I went along there, and we instantly got along, and he offered uh, boxing, wrestling, and you call it CQC, close quarter mm. combat. And it's like kind of the Jeff Thompson, Dorman, emergency, self-defense, and but yeah. not, not just techniques of self-defense, but the verbal aspect the social yeah, aspect yeah. and the psychological aspect that's right yeah. and and that was really amazing yeah and Argu- then, argu- arguably the most important aspect to be yeah. honest, but go on yeah <laughs> i don't think it's arguable 100 agree with well you. yes yeah 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 <laughs> um yeah so so like 
I don't know, when it comes to self-defense techniques, for me, the, the biggest effect of having a good technique is confidence in yourself. And yes. then you'll carry yourself better or yeah. have a small enough ego not to get in stupid situations. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and yeah. yeah, so that's the like the pre pre contact social and psychological yeah definitely. part. Uh, but yeah, tra- training with Dima was really eye opening. So be, you know, like anybody, the first time they ever do like a, a verbal scenario that includes really like posturing and violent language and really threatening, even from somebody you kind of know, yeah. it's quite a shock. Yeah, and you know that takes a um, little bit of getting used to. Yeah, don't worry. Don't, yeah. My cat's joining us, but my my cat's very sociable. So, <laughs> oh, that's and really good to watch for self defense, by the way. But go on. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, the, the, the posturing, the size, yes. yeah. going on sideways so you look even bigger. Brilliant. Mm. And then it actually got claws as well. Uh, yeah, my my cats are asleep in the room, so hopefully they'll stay asleep because if they wake up, they'd be a bit noisy. <laughs> um. Yeah, so so I, I trained with Dima for a good number of number of years and trained boxing and wrestling while as at his has at his club, and then uh, later during the pandemic when I was actually trying to make more friends online rather than being isolated online and only making friends locally in real life, I saw this I saw this logo. It's like a you know a kind of a pair of people and they were in red with a white background. I was like, I recognize that. Where's that from? That's the team nemesis logo. Who's that person? And it turns out that um, Adam kind of trained Dima quite a lot. And I think he just about finished training at Dima's club when I joined. So we only just missed each other kind of training at the same club. Uh, And yeah, yeah, we, we, we got on really well. Online, sure. and we're trying to organise an in-person meetup, but our diaries just haven't quite, <laughs> quite overlapped properly. <laughs> well, but make, make sure you count me in. I'll, I'll come along and have a chat. It'll be great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That that would be that would be awesome. We need, yeah, need yeah. to actually make it an official thing. Yeah, so, no, uh, it'd, be, it'd be great. It'd be great. Well, well, no, that, that it's it's really interesting because um, you know there there are a lot of parallels. To be honest, I think with with people in our martial arts journey, and um, I think one of the, one of the things that I like to you know, bring back to what you said was that, you know, you were saying about when you first started doing uh, Kali and you thought, wow, this is for me. Um, now, I, I actually started uh, with karate, very traditional uh, karate. And um, it, it was okay. I, it was just, I happened to hear that this was a really great school. And you go across there and I went there and it was, but there were all these huge guys. I'm five, six. There were all these huge guys. I thought, wow, it's quite intimidating. You know, I start, started doing this. And it, it was great. I was really enjoying it until there was a there was a school that I, I, I realized. I, well, actually, I saw a poster of a man flying through the air. Mm-hmm. It said it said Taekwondo and actually said the most powerful martial art in the world. And I thought, how can you resist that? Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought, wow, that, that's a claim, isn't it? Uh, I remember going along there and actually what what impressed me was that there were small guys <laughs> and it was a lot of jumping around and, and kicking. I thought. That looks more like for me. I, I remember I had my first lesson. I thought, yes, th- this is what I want to do. <laughs> you know, you know, because uh, it, it was actually just the um, I love the movement of it uh, of the of the taekwondo because it was very similar to dance. I was into dancing, and it to me it was just dance steps. Really, <laughs> that's 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 what it was. But um, yeah, and, and which sort of reverberated what you said there with the, with the capoeira because I, I I saw that and had a little go and I thought, yeah, you know, this is just like break dancing. Um, but I, I often say, and people have asked me before, they've said to me, they said, um, 
oh, you know, hi, sir, you know, I want to really improve my my sparring. What what do you think I should do? I said, oh, take up dancing. And they said, sorry? I said, yeah, just take up a little bit of dancing. <laughs> Why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said, well, it, it's about movement. It's about being able to move your body in different ways and move your feet and whatever. Um, I, I think some of them think I'm joking, but I'm, I'm very I'm very serious. Well, it's, you know? it's, it's, it's rhythmic. <laughs> There's yes. coordination, there's balance, and there's yeah. interaction with a partner or interaction with a group. And yeah. sometimes doing that from a from a completely different context, but having the same attributes can be really valuable. Definitely. Because there's um oh, oh great. We could, I think we're gonna get into something really deep here, which is great. That's okay. <laughs> there's like in trying to think of um, you know, what would the perfect lesson be for uh, hang on, we'll get to who it's for. What would the perfect lesson be? Or what would the perfect syllabus be? Or what would the perfect you know, fight camp be leading up to a particular event or something? Yeah. It's really tempting for, for those of us who are you know, obsessed, lifelong uh, martial arts uh, kind of fools. And I call myself a martial arts nerd. And if that applies to you as well, then Yes, it does. Nice. Oh, big time, big time, big time. <laughs> Cool. For us, for us lifelong obsessed martial art nerds, we're like, okay, well, here is the perfect order in which to do everything. And then we're going to break this up with really, really like context specific sparring drills. And I'm not going to do anything which is non specific. So, specificity is my, yeah. my main uh, pillar here specificity. And then there's adaptation and SRA curve and uh, progressive resistance and all that stuff. But specificity specificity is what we need to cover here. So if I want to get better at sparring, I'm going to do sparring. But the uh, smart way to do it is to isolate the parts that I'm not so good at yet and force myself to work on those elements. So if my kicking is my attacking kicking combinations are kind of crap, then if I'm sparring with somebody, then I'll force myself. I can defend however I like, but if I'm counterattacking, then it has to be more kicks than punches. Or I can't just automatically clinch everybody because I'm kind of kind of comfortable there. Sure. So, but but then it, I try and apply that to other people, and it turns out that they're not quite as obsessed as me, <laughs> <laughs> and that they're human yeah. beings and they have like emotions and yeah. different ideas. Yeah. And they have um, another life. They have lives. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They have they have lives. So making it making it kind of fun and um, you know surprising and uh, novel but also familiar and, you know, giving them a sense of individuality, but also a sense of being part of a team and then giving them a sense of personal growth and a sense of giving back. If you can hit all six of those uh, kind of core areas, then it almost doesn't matter exactly what the context of the exercise is. So if it is dancing and they're like, but I want to get better at fighting, you say, well, it's actually going to be a bit of a mental break from fighting. If you're, you know, training, Sure. a lot yeah. or, or training the maximum that you can or want to at the moment then if you add more training there's uh, there's a diminishing return on the on yeah. the time investment but if you add something that's completely novel completely different and out of the ordinary then your brain is going to be like excited about that and attracted towards it as long as it's a thing that you enjoy doing because you have to get that kind of quick win feedback stuff yeah yeah and, and you're like so there's some variety there. there's, there's familiarity because it's using your brain and body and putting it together and if we already prime you to going right this is going to make your sparring better because it, you know balance coordination interaction uh movement judgment timing and uh 
I think already said interaction, coordination with other people. Yeah. Okay. So they kind of primed how that's going to fit in their brain rather than being separate topics of like fighting on one side and dancing on the other side. They've got fighting as their main topic. And the thing they're doing, dancing, is actually going to go into the fighting uh, fighting context, the fighting framework. Yes, yeah. And, and you kind of tell them that it's going to be fun. It's going to help you do the thing you want to do more of. It's going to be unusual, so it's brand new. And you're probably going to suck at it to start with. But you know what that really means is you're going to get better really, really quickly. And there'll be a very satisfying and rapid improvement curve. Then, yes. then that would be like a more beneficial activity to someone who's not just a uh you know they're not just a robot <laughs> yeah. yeah no no i get it yeah, yeah cool yeah yeah no no very uh yeah uh, a very useful insight actually useful insight but yeah i, I actually do uh, my, my students will, will tell you this i class myself as a, a as a martial arts nerd um and uh proud to be one proud to be one definitely yeah fantastic without, without a doubt well um <laughs> <laughs> the, the the other the other thing that um i want to uh just have a a, a chat about and you, you know you you gratefully and thank you very much you sent me one of your programs which is really really good uh, and there was a couple of things i liked about it well actually there's more things than a couple of things there's lots there was lots of things i liked about it but oh thank you very much i am right here you know so <laughs> <laughs> two 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 particular things i liked about it uh maybe you want to i don't know if you want to address them i mean i thought the delivery and the way you presented it was really really good i thought it was very very easy to follow and um the way you got it across you know, I was sort of put myself. I had I put my white belt on, thinking, right, okay, I'm looking at this as a, a as somebody who hasn't really done anything, and and would I understand it? And the answer to that is yes. Uh, so maybe you want to comment on that. But the the second thing was that um, it, it it was you know when you when you look at something, and I said if if you look at it with you know nerd eyes, you think well actually there's a lot in this. There's a lot in this, and actually you you could spend probably three or four years. Uh, perfecting what you've done there <laughs> um, uh, because uh, well uh, only because I've tried to teach stuff like that for three or four years and people s are still still need to work on it but you know it's always work in progress don't get me wrong um, for, for example I, I spent um, I spent a little bit of time in, in David Hayes boxing school um yeah and i remember i was thinking right yeah we're gonna learn to you know first weekend we're gonna, gonna learn to jab cross you know hook, you know duck and whatever and we literally spent the weekend doing a jab mm -hmm. and, and even then it was like right you're yeah, you one percent in <laughs> yeah yeah if that no if, if that. that yeah quite if so. that so i was looking at thinking yeah then that's that's really good program i said but that's a lot actually if, if when you break it down it's a lot of information so yeah sorry this is a long question but my my thing is is that you know the the videos are are they there for um self-teaching or is it a case of saying right you know this is what i'd like you to do but actually you know if you want to um come along to my class we can go into this in a bit more detail or, or whatever i don't know perhaps uh i'll i'll, uh, I'll let you speak <laughs> sure no that's um that's a that's a great that's a great question and i suppose it all kind of started with with the beginning of lockdown and I've had this idea for a long time for um fight dad as a as an entity as an yeah. idea because I'm a I'm a father of young kids they're five and two at the moment so and, when... and, and, and just just to say uh fightdad.com so if you're interested in having a look <laughs> folks get on there fightdad.com carry on fantastic <laughs> fightdad.com and the program that we're talking about is called challenge 28 so and that's 
Well, that's one of many fine programs on there that you'll find. So cool, uh, including cool. some some free stuff and some paid stuff. And I have a YouTube channel as well. If so, if you don't even want to, you know, make an account on the website, that's cool. There's mm. there's all sorts of levels. Something I wanted to do was um, create content for for everybody. So mm. if you if you got if you don't want to come anywhere near my world and you just want to watch YouTube stuff or videos on Facebook, then that's totally cool. I hope you get value. And if you want to dip a toe in the in my world and get some of the free courses, the idea with a course is that it's it's a collection of videos that are together in a coherent package. So rather than just watching random videos here and there in a weird order, it's like actually this makes much more sense if you watch one, two, and then three. And then read this little bit of text so you gain that understanding. Um, I then also got some kind of paid courses that are a lot more, lot more in depth. Some are uh, aimed towards students for self-study at home, and that was brought about via by lockdown, first, first lockdown, early start of pandemic. And then others are more for instructors, and that's more about uh, either improving their their own Filipino martial arts classes if they want something new to teach their students. Or if they don't teach Filipino martial arts or weapons yet, and they want to get into a weapon system where there's actual fighting and sparring, and it's all built around that, then I've got a whole I've got a whole membership built around that, where it's it's lesson plans and drill videos, and you print out the PDF, and it's like here's what you're going to teach your students tonight, and here's the here's the techniques in order, and here's what I tell people so they so they get it, and. and I didn't mean this to turn into a product pitch. Apologies for that. Oh no, 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 <laughs> but, no, no. I, no, I, th- I, I genuinely think actually it's it's good, and, and th- th- there's not there's not much I, I endorse. But what what I liked about it, and yes, please 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 go. Anyone <laughs> listens, please go and have a look. I like I like the simplicity of it because some things you you look at, you think there's no way I can do any of that. But anyway, carry on. Sorry. Yeah, and that's that's something I researched quite heavily before starting, and it was looking into. If you're anything like like me, you've probably got a whole stack of you know VHS tapes and DVDs, and then and then DVD downloads where there's an hour or there's a ninety minute video. And first of all, who has ninety minutes to watch a whole ninety minute video anymore? Well, apparently people with Netflix. So yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, maybe we can get into that later about time usage and time wastage or yes. investment, but. Um, but for me, you know, I've got this stack of DVDs, and I'm sure there's loads of really good value in there. But I, I, it's a barrier to entry to go. I need DVD number three. I need to fast forward to minute number fifty-one to get the one, uh, one thing that you say to your students that helps them understand what you're trying to teach them. Mm. So my, my aim was to make almost all of my videos really short, so they're very bite-sized, yes. easy to easy to consume and understand. One. One thing, uh, one idea per video. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I usually work in like ones and threes. So one idea, uh, three things about it. So three technical cues or three sure. uh, strategic ideas, something like that. Yeah. So making those videos short was really important, and particularly because uh, as like a, a new father, and I've got a day job as well, and I'm trying to you know keep a relationship going with my spouse as well. And we occasionally get five minutes to have a cup of tea and a chat with each other without the kids <laughs> running around. I suddenly found myself much lower on training time. So that was one of the other drivers behind these really short bite-sized videos. Um, but yeah, I, st- I started, I had the idea five years ago 
but never did anything with it. And then lockdown came along and I couldn't teach my regular in-person classes. So I was teaching Zoom classes for them, for my students. And as well as the Zoom on the, the uh, webcam, I had a much worse webcam than the one I've got at the moment. I would also put my phone up next to it and record the whole thing on my phone. So there'd be yes. a higher, higher quality version of it. And then I thought, well, what am I going to do with all these? And I thought, well, I could just upload them on here and give my students free access so they can come back and, and do a 30-minute solo training class whenever they like. Mm. Um, and that kind of, not forced me, inspired me to start the actual platform, the actual website where they can log in and, and do that. And it's kind of grown from there because right. the, the, the strangest moments so far is when people who I didn't know were contacting me and go, it looks like you've got a solo training study from home course. Can I get access? And first of all, I let them in for, for free. And I was like, hmm, hang on a second here. There's, there's, there's some value element. And those who I let in for free, they were getting in for free. And then I can track some of the statistics of how much they log in and how much they watch and what they complete and stuff. And hmm. they, were, they just wanted the free thing. They didn't want to actually do it. Hmm. Most of them. There were some people, obsessives like us, who would do everything and complete everything 100%. And uh, we became friends. So that's all right. Hmm. Uh, and, but then a lot of the people who wanted the free thing, they didn't do anything with it. Hmm. So I thought, all right, well, I probably need to attach a a monetary price to it because sure. then they're literally they're literally bought in they, yes. they're literally invested and might as well try and get their money's worth from it and that increased completion rates by by a huge amount and if you're not spotted I'm, I'm as well as a martial arts nerd i'm like an actual nerd as well so <laughs> <laughs> i love like you know tracking statistics and and yeah, spreadsheets yeah. and calculating stuff like that and it's it's helped me direct what I do next because I can work out what's working, what's not working and needs a little tweak. And I can make right. the tweak and then measure it afterwards. And that's that's yeah. pretty helpful. Um I'm not sure if I've actually answered your two questions yet. Well well, 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 well I, I think I think I think one about I delivery think, and one about the programs. So I kind of yeah. covered a little bit about why we started on the programs. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you know that you said quite you said quite a quite a bit there which is which is quite good. But um yeah sorry carry on I'll let you go on. Thanks. Um, so the, the question about delivery and presentation style is um, you probably haven't seen any of my first 200 videos. I haven't. No, exactly. <laughs> and thankfully, not many people did. <laughs> because if I, if I watch them back now, then uh, I'll be tempted to you know, delete them off the internet or, or, or re-record them in a, in a more modern way. There were lots of Erms um, a lot, <laughs> lot um, lower energy delivery. Sure. When you present, when you're presenting on camera, there's kind of ten to twenty percent energy dip. Yes, uh, and so you have to really get you know good and enthusiastic about your topic, and hopefully it's something you are enthusiastic about, rather than just kind of talking in a normal voice. It actually comes across as being like in a bored voice. Yeah. So there's there's that element. So I've had a good practice of presenting to the camera, which scared the scared the crap out of me to start with <laughs> yeah. and can get into some of the online the responses to videos l later but i think before that i've had a, a kind of 
a history of practice of presentation in front of groups of people. And even through school, you know, be involved in like the school play or a kind sure. of stand up and read a poem at parents' evening or that kind of thing. And just overcoming those nerves in front of 20, 50 people in an actual, you know, auditorium environment. That's that was something that I've been involved with all along. And I've also uh, played and performed uh, music for a, for a long time. I don't anymore. Well, I still play the guitar a little bit, but I don't I don't perform on stage for, for music anymore. And there were uh, two or three kind of higher pressure uh, setups for that. And they were the two main ones were with my two heavy metal bands I was in. There was one from when I was 16 to about 20. We called uh, Zimogy, and we were quite um, old school thrash metal band, a little bit like Slayer. Mm. And I was I was the the rhythm guitar and lead vocalist. And then the second heavy metal band I was in, we were called That Hideous Strength, and we we're a, a progressive death metal band. And I was okay. the uh, bass player and lead vocalist. So I'd be like stood in the middle, pretty much at the front. And so at any gigs, when anything would go wrong, uh, you know, the drummer would break his stick or a string would fall out of the lead guitarist's guitar or, you know, some drunk person would fall over the PA stack and it would have to get rebuilt. Then I had two choices, really. I could just stand in front of everybody with the lights beaming on me like a lemon while something would get fixed or or nothing was happening or it'd work out that it was broken and nothing we could do about it. Or I could, you know, chat and interact with the crowd and pretend to be confident and <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and i kind of i started off not thinking to pretend to be confident and then i was like well this is just getting worse isn't it uh what's the least appropriate joke that i can think to tell that would you know way worse than an icebreaker but it broke the ice in my head for talking to people <laughs> yes kind of like one to many you know even if you could only see the front the front row or the front couple of rows of people you know there's 20 or 30 people looking up to you being like come, come on i've paid money entertain me here yeah, yeah. And you're like, uh, uh, I got nothing. And then uh -huh. it just kind of, it just overcame that because there was no other option <laughs> apart from running away off the stage. And, and thankfully, I didn't quite do that. There was even one uh, one instance at one of my gigs where the, the, the PA that amplifies it, the, my voice, completely cut out. So there was the guitar amplifiers that were powered separately. And then the drummer was smashing the drums as hard as he possibly could. And so no one could hear my normal singing voice because it was only voice level, not huge amplifier level. So I just yelled really loud. <laughs> yeah. Doing a whole gig where I was yelling really loud. And people at the front were like, yeah, we could hear the vocals. That was amazing. I didn't know anybody could do that. And I was like, I had no choice really, did I? It's it just yeah, a bit yeah. weird. Thinking back, thinking back now, when I, when I kind of stare at a camera and I imagine... I just imagine one person watching at the other end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rather than, um, I've got some videos that have got like a million views, and that's too weird to think about. <laughs> it, I can't comprehend like being in a, I stood on a stage with a million people. Yes, yeah, sure. And then watching me, a 15 second video of me like twirling my sticks or something. That's, mm -hmm. that's too mind boggling for me at the moment. <laughs> so I think, I think about just, just one person that I'm, chatting to just like we are now hmm. um i might have even got inspiration from that from um from terry wogan on on the radio okay yeah yeah 
And somebody had asked uh, Wogan in an interview, how do you feel, you know, talking to the microphone and knowing that there are 12 million people listening? And he just said, well, there aren't 12 million people listening. There's only one person listening, and that's you. And I thought, I thought, yeah, that's right, yeah. actually. So there's only there's only one person interacting mm. with this conversation, and yeah. that's you, Ray. Sure, yeah, 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 <laughs> so, definitely, yeah. So it's, it's now the same thing kind of presenting to video. And I probably made maybe 700 to 1,000 videos. Wow. And... Um, that's about enough to get into my stride of, yeah. you know, I, I got a process of preparing what I, what I think I should be talking about. And I do that in the ones and three. So I've got one technique and I'm going to sure. say three main things about it. And then if it's a longer video, I'm going to break down those three things into three sub things. So you end up with nine. Mm. Um, yeah. But cause I know that in my head already. Um, yeah confident mind delivery it's just that one thing rather than thinking of new ideas while the camera's on and recording and you're kind of going um oh yeah and this other thing that i should have talked about about two minutes ago uh we're gonna add that and that that doesn't help anybody's understanding that doesn't help anybody follow the thread of what you're trying to help them understand um so it's a combination of of a lot of practice yeah yeah (laughs) yeah and having moments where I've got the choice between, um, well, fight, flight, or freeze, right? Yes. The choice between freezing and continuing to look like a lemon, flight and running away from the stage. Mm. Uh, and, you know, I was a young man, my ego couldn't take that. Not someone who runs away. <laughs> Although now yeah. I would be. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, or fight in a, yeah. in a kind of, friendly, lighthearted, take the piss out of myself kind of way. Sure, that's, yeah. that's where that presentation has come across. And I think it makes it more relaxed and a bit more relatable than yeah, yeah. like um, the super official, everything is corporate and here is the thing we're going to present. Uh, mm. And that, that I tried that and it's too much effort to maintain because it's not my personality, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, it's quite it's quite good. I mean, I think you do it quite well and um... – Interesting what you say about the the three because uh, I I also teach a lot of the instructors now to teach my instructors within our group and uh, one of the things I say particularly when they, people first start teaching is to split things into three uh, I say to them you know look at that technique and pick out three key points uh, but also I think what I say is that as as the people that you're teaching as they become more advanced then you can you can break that into more bits maybe five eventually maybe ten um but you know start start with that basic three and see how mm. that goes so yeah it's, it's, it's an interesting concept and one that i use in um uh, certainly for for teaching the instructors or giving them information on how to get information across so that's that's quite interesting but absolutely uh, and with the with the threes and then the the three to five or the three to five to ten yeah, it, it's it works really well if the if the amount of brand new information is three or less. Sure. So so if you're going three to five, hopefully two or three of the five are reinforcing what they already know. Yes. And then two or three is kind of new. Yes. Or or a little twist or a little extra on top sure. of it. So so it's not it's not like five brand new things. Yes. It, it's kind of 
a little bit new and a bit more nuance and a reinforcement of what you already know. And that kind of combined uh, secondary and tertiary level um, yeah. learning. That's almost like a spiral curriculum, isn't it? Where you come back to the same topic, but you, you get a little deeper on it each time. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah. No, yeah. no, thank awesome. you. No, thank, thanks very much for that insight. That's, that's interesting. Well, what, what I um, well, there's two there's two things I, that I want to to ask. The first thing is is that um, our our this conversation is brilliant. I love it, and uh, I, I, I'm I'm going to say say this now that I'd love to to chat to you again on a, on a on a part two at some point. So yeah, perfect. Uh, may, maybe we can arrange it off camera. The second thing is is that um, you, you know you mentioned that. Obviously, you got a, a day job and, and things like that. Is is that you know where, where where do you see this going? So, you know, my, my people listening to this that know me well will know that you know I started life out as a as a development aircraft engineer at Rolls Royce. Um, you know, I was very lucky to work on the Olympus five nine three, which was the engine for Concorde, um, and. Um, I wow. really enjoyed. I really enjoyed. Yeah, I really enjoyed. Sounds really cool. <laughs> it, it was. I really enjoyed the work, and uh, I was extremely well paid. <laughs> and then I then I went into a very very uh, poorly paid um, profession as a martial arts teacher, <laughs> which is where I still am. And um, it, it's, it's a long story to what why why I chose that. But um, apart from my passion for martial arts, but um, at at the time I was competing. I wanted more time to compete and things like that. So. You know, I I look back and think, wow, you know, it was the best one of the best decisions I, I've ever made. But um, yeah, it was just really where where you see it and where where you'd like to take it. Is it something that you've thought of that you'd like to do, or um, is it a bit too too risky, or is it something that you just want to, you know, you're happy doing what you're doing? Um, I'd like to keep it growing. I really like to keep it growing. So, and I feel like I've gone through some some phases of of the content type that I produce. Yeah. So my first content was purely for students and that was produced in lockdown. So it's a lot around um, solo training and uh, kind of home study. And that could be in addition to your usual class time or um, I've actually found more people who want to learn Filipino martial arts and don't have any instructor nearby them hmm. have, have then, you know, bought my course and studied themselves and then taught their kid and then done some practice together and sent me yeah. a video of it. And I'm like, wow, that's that's amazing. That's that's really that's really satisfying. It's fantastic to to see. So that's been kind of student related and similar with um, Challenge Twenty Eight, which is the program that that um, that you've been through. That is a uh, twenty eight day kind of body weight fitness sure, and yeah. um, Filipino boxing. Yes, and that idea was—it's something that I, I run a couple of times. And I call it Challenge January because you know, after Christmas, everyone feels a bit crap in January. Well, I do anyway. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I, I, most of this comes from like scratching my own itch. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I try and make things that that um, you know I would have liked to have had five or ten years ago, or sure. I make something where I'm like I'm really annoyed that that doesn't exist yet, so I'm going to make it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Aggressive uh, body weight, you see, and there's body weight movements. You select the exact movement type depending on your current kind of strength levels. And there's a first week where you can adjust it to yourself. But then you uh, measure over the remaining three weeks how you're, and there's waves of volume and how the program is, is written. And you measure at the 
end of week one and you measure at the end of week four uh, and it's a time-based workout and you see how much quicker you got and everyone who's done it so far has improved their time over four weeks of doing the thing and sure. part of that is the uh filipino boxing panantukin is another word for it kind of yeah. um shadow boxing style part of the workout so it's quite active and it usually only takes between five and ten minutes each morning you don't need any equipment and hardly any space and i made it because i was like i was getting up in the morning and feeling like a, a pile of rubbish and forgot five or ten minutes anyone can sneak in five or ten minutes can't they yeah, yeah, And I don't have to go to a gym anywhere. I don't have to pull the dumbbells out from the bottom of the cupboard anywhere. I don't have to put my boxing gloves on and have a punching bag or anything. I can just literally do it at the bottom of my bed in the in the room. And then I feel great for the rest of the day. Yes, yeah. It's like, I'm, I made that. And I was like, going to try and give that to other people. Sure. So that, that was the part of the solo training arc of of material i've then gone to partner training stuff which is still for students yeah, yeah. and there's a, uh, a double stick course and a knife defense course which uses pad work and a lot of resistance um, um i'm quite proud of that one and already two other schools have adopted that as part of their knife defense program so they're that's okay that's cool yeah, yeah. that's something else i was like wow that's yeah. that's that's quite cool. <laughs> yeah, no, it's then, good. Yeah. Then the, the the latest thing that I'm making, it feels more like is my true mission, if I can use that word, mission. Yeah, yeah. Where, because I love Filipino martial arts so much, when you view it from the outside, quite often you'll only see the complicated looking stuff. And either it'll set you on fire and that will be a very small percentage of martial artists or the remainder will go that's too complicated or that has no value because they don't understand the context yet yeah and so part of my mission is to get more people training filipino martial arts and do that through getting more instructors teaching it in a way that gets more people to do it and so having this same simplistic approach and having Ours is all based around sparring, and my recommendation for weapon sparring is you have uh, very soft, padded, and light uh, kind of sparring sticks and knives. And so there's there's very little consequence for getting it wrong. Yes. Because yeah. and even the word sparring, I try and call them games, sparring games. Yeah. Even the word sparring sometimes conjures in people's mind, you know, like full on fight get knocked out by the by the big heavyweight who's stood in the ring waiting for you being like i eat new people for breakfast and that's yeah. that's put people off isn't it that puts new people off that puts <laughs> that puts existing yes. people off sparring so having something that's based around playful games where when you try something new and you mess it up which is inevitable and you should be because you should be trying new things and it, if you if you got it right first of all, it wasn't hard enough. You already knew how to do it. You know, yeah. you should be trying new things that you can't do yet, and then practicing them until you can do. Sure. And if there's a if there's a pain consequence or if there's an injury consequence of getting it wrong, then that's going to put you off doing it anymore. So let's say we were only sparring with with real rattan sticks and no gloves. I'm not going to try anything new because mm. yeah. I get my hand broken. Yes, and then exactly. I can't do anything else until it's fixed, which is whatever, six, nine months down the road. Yeah. Whereas 
we got we use these really light padded sticks and also gloves and head guards and uh, groin protection obviously it's bad times if you don't do that uh, and what it means is that every class we can spar with trying to hit somebody a hundred percent with the with the weapons and yet yeah, you get it's a little sting so you feel it and you don't want it but there's no long-term pain or injury consequence sure so it makes it creates a playful learning environment right and that being in a playful environment where you're relaxed actually means your brain is primed and in a much better state for taking on new uh creating new neural neural pathways so new, uh, it's not muscle memory, but muscle memory is the common term for it. Motor engrams yes. is, yeah, is yeah. motor sure. patterns and judgment patterns that go together. Sure. And that's what I'm trying to spread. So my kind of my message is like, it's not as scary as you might think. It's way more fun. And uh, please teach your students this. Yeah, Here's how yeah. to do it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So that's where I'm making the uh, the lesson plans and drill progression videos that that goes with it. Um, and so far, I got about uh, I got about twenty people in my membership, and they're sure. instructors from all over the world. And some of them are experienced Filipino martial arts instructors. Some of them are experienced instructors who wanted to add Filipino martial arts to their to their repertoire to their class schedule. Yeah, yeah. And some of them are. Uh, kind of students or former students who want to form a new group where they've moved. Yeah. And they're all getting on fantastically well with it. So we kind of meet up every month and we chat about, um, you know, what issues or problems or wins that we've had and try and solve each other's problems of how to find a, you know, a new reliable training partner. Because once you've got a training partner, you can then start a training group and you could be a, a kind of study group leader and then once your study group grows you could maybe turn it into a class if you wanted to or not and sure. how to how to kind of grow and spread the love of of whacking each other mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, worldwide so so that's the that's the mission and i'm doing it online so that i can reach more people sure and i'm also doing it through content that i produce and then is useful for well maybe not forever but for a long period of time Yes, yeah. Because that means that I can I can scale. I'm not teaching people one-on-one -on -one or one to a group, not teaching the same thing over and over again because the the core element is recorded. So I record it once and then as many people as there are can play it or watch yeah. it as many times as they want to. Yes, yeah, yeah. And that um that leverage of time and potential for scaling it's something that really excites me and it's um yeah i wish i'd started sooner but i'm glad yeah. i started already yeah no no that's that's, that's great it's, it's 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 a great ex explanation but um no no that's, that's fantastic and uh you know i hey wish you all the best uh with, with it I, I think i think you'll be uh, extremely successful because uh from what i've seen on that one that I had a look at, I think, as I said, you've got great delivery. Uh, you 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 simplify it, and it, it comes over well. It's easy to understand. So you know, more more power to you. Well, and, thank uh, you very much. You know, <laughs> that, that comes on. Well, we, we we're sort of coming to the end of the the podcast, but um, as I said, I'd, I'd love to. There are lots of other things that I'd like to discuss uh, with you. So um, you know, while while you're on on um, 
audio here with lots of witnesses. I'd love you to come back and talk again. Yes, um, yeah, that would uh, be fantastic. Uh, 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 a bit, a bit more, and um, just, just hang on. After we finish this, by the way, just hang on. I'd, I'd love to chat to you off, off, off of audio again. Um, and and just to say, if the, if you want to catch up with any any of um, Harris stuff, you know, go to fightdad.com. Is there anywhere else that um, people can catch you? Uh, yes, I've got a YouTube channel which is also called Fight Dad. Okay. Or um, you can follow or friend request me on Facebook. I put quite a lot of um, short form content on my Facebook profile on there. Sure. I've got a really amazingly friendly and welcoming Facebook group, which is called the Fight Dad Tribe. And yes, yeah. it's not it's not just me in there. Um, there's there's a really good kind of encouraging, welcoming group of people in there from across the world and we uh the, the main two events of the week are success sunday where we share and celebrate any wins that we've had this week whether it's small or or huge and everyone encourages each other there and then the other part is um friday flow where there's some kind of short video of a, a weapons flow or a shadow boxing flow or bodyweight workout or kettlebell or something and it's just quite nice to share those videos with each other and that only happens within our group the fight dad tribe that's on yeah. facebook as well sure excellent no, that's, um, that's great yeah oh and just to kind of supplement the online teaching element i still love teaching in person and mm. i have my own uh, physical carly class uh, and that's based in in bath and um I, travel around the country and teach seminars uh, as well which i really love doing so there's it's tempting for me to believe that uh, i'm just like stuck in my garage and stood up here recording videos 100 percent of the time but no i do actually <laughs> like interacting with people and hitting people in real life so yeah if you want to do that then uh then that would be amazing get in touch and yeah. um if it's a seminar then try and work out a, a setup where um, where it's good for everybody. So um, yeah. not yet at the point where I can just, ex you know, charge extortionate rates and that's it. But oh, I, think, I think, I think, I think, I think you, I think you should, uh, well, not extortionate rates, but I think you should. Uh, and, and I think you'd probably make a, a fantastic living as a, a full-time martial artist as well. So, yeah, um, um, well, yeah, no, thanks very much. So uh, you've heard the information and we will put that information again in the show notes. If anybody, wants to connect with harry look at some of his stuff i would get over to uh, any of those links and um you know just take take a look i'm sure anybody starting out or any of the instructors that would like to enhance their uh, uh program that they've got at the moment would really really benefit from it so i just want to say thanks harry thank you very very much for taking the time uh, to come on to the living martial arts podcast with me the dark master and hopefully we'll see you again very very soon and listen to you again very soon and uh, yeah hopefully we can catch up in person as well with our mutual friend adam as well yeah that sounds great to me thanks very much for having me. all right you take care you take care mm -hmm.